Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, there's the things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, four Good evening, happy Monday evening It is January We're past a the halfway mark it's uh let me see the 18th of january is it past the halfway mark yeah just about yeah a few days three days after the halfway mark hope you're all well um very 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 miserable day today of course when i say of course i don't know why i say of course but today is called blue monday and the 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 talk around was that today is called blue monday because today is the day that most people are sad and it's people's most sad day of the year and of course as it is every every blue monday as the day goes on you realize that blue monday monday was invented by um some kind of airline holiday company who decided it would be a good day to uh, mark to get people to um book holidays for the summer so it's not actually a thing not a scientific thing just it's called blue monday because um Somebody wanted to sell holidays and it didn't work this year. All, all that happened this year was we all just thought, oh, jeez, look at the rain. It is Blue Monday. I feel like shit. It just kind of it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, as soon as you get up, look at social media. It says, today is Blue Monday. And boy, was it Blue Monday. But we got through it and we're out the other side of it now. I hope you're well. I hope you're... I hope you're keeping keeping good minding yourself and uh, you know being selfish about minding yourself getting out going for a walk you know even if there's stuff going on in the house and you don't really you feel like you don't have the time to go out for a walk go for the walk you know if the mister or the missus or the husband or the wife or the children they want this done they want A done they want B done they want C done they want X and Y and you know, maybe do something. Give them 20 minutes and then go, look, I'll give you 20 minutes at this. And then I'm out the door. Put on your high vis, even if it's dark, and get that walk in. Because they will thank you. You will thank yourself. And what what did I hear before? You have to look after yourself. It's like being in the airplane. You put on your own oxygen mask before you attend to anyone else's. That's the way it is in life. Put on your own oxygen mask first. Get out for your walk. Make sure you're looking after your own mental health. Look, in the moment as you're walking out the door, somebody might be 
bitching and moaning and saying, you know, I'm only in from work and I have to mind the kids and you're going out for a walk. Maybe you've been at home all day. Maybe you need you need the walk. You definitely need the walk. So just go and let them let them deal with whatever they have to deal with. Don't take it all on. Nobody really like like martyrs are all well and good in theory, but they usually you know it's usually not a good ending. Um, what's going on this week? Not a huge amount because of lockdown, and we are into I suppose at this stage our third week of of big lockdown I call it level 5 lockdown the vaccinations are in the country people are getting vaccinated some people got vaccinated by accident there was a few leftover vaccinations so they got them and then there was a scandal about that it's just uh, everything's you know we're looking at stuff so intrinsically and the minutiae of everything and then some lad in the hospital had a few leftover vaccines that he'd ordered too many or something and he went look bring in bring in the missus bring in the kids we'll vaccinate them and then he got in trouble for that can't blame the guy really maybe he shouldn't have over ordered maybe there's another way he could have done it but he probably thought in the moment well look if I waste them I'd be in bigger trouble so he used them he's in trouble anyway you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't uh, I think he did the right thing it's 16 more people vaccinated at the end of the day and hopefully he'll get to hold on to his job and will he remember that that happened by the, you know, in a couple of months? Probably not. So, uh, but that's that's the way it is at the moment. We're just looking at the the minutia, you know, and people are um, people are so wound up that these little things are triggering them, as the young people say, you know. But uh, we this will pass. This will pass, and if we can all just keep the head down and get on with it, um, I don't have much else to say for myself. It's uh, it's almost nine o'clock. It's almost ten o'clock as I record this. It's late, so the f- the household is settling down. Most people are upstairs. My daughter's in her bedroom. Um, spends a lot of time in there these days. She's got school from the bedroom. I drop her in the odd cup of tea, which is kind of nice nice to be able to drop your daughter in a cup of tea during class it's weird when you think about it though isn't it I used to watch, I don't know, maybe I'm showing my age, an Australian program called The Flying Doctors and the kids on The Flying Doctors would uh, be living remotely you know on a farm and they would just go to school on this sort of, I don't know, it was a CB radio or some kind of radio so they just get their lessons they'd be like hello teacher, over What's my history? How much, please? How about? That's a really bad impression of um, a child in school on The Flying Doctors. That's The Flying Doctors at 2 o'clock Tuesday afternoon on RTE1. Those are the kind of programs we had to watch when we were young. The Sullivans, The Flying Doctors. Uh, what was the other one? Twin Peaks. No, no, Twin Peaks was that was good. The Sullivan's Flying Doctors. And then there's the Black Forest Clinic. I remember watching the Black Forest Clinic, which was a German soap opera about a hospital. And somebody obviously bought it. Someone in RT obviously bought it and stuck it on. They got probably got it as part of a deal. Got a, you know another program and said, we'll throw this in for an extra tenner. So they bought 
Black Forest, Black Forest Clinic. And uh, it was over 18s, sort of. Uh, not hugely, but I do remember sitting down watching Black Forest Clinic with my granny one day. And a woman took her top off. And I think it was my probably my first time seeing a pair of boobs on the telly like that, in that scenario. You know, there's a bit of... It was a love scene. <laughs> and so the first time I saw a pair of boobs on the telly um, was with my granny. I don't even think she said anything. I think she was hoping that, that I wouldn't notice. Um, that's the same granny that... Uh, I don't know whether I asked her or she just told me. There used to be a program on RT called Squeal and Mock the Bubbling with um, Sean... Sean Bon Brannock Squeal the Mock Bubbling with Sean Bon Brannock and I don't know whether I asked her or she asked she said do you know what that means Squeal the Mock Bubbling and I didn't and she told me Bubbling was his penis that's what she said straight out she said Bubbling is penis literally it means let it all hang out Um, but I suppose it's let the penis hang out really according to my granny thank you very much God rest her soul. Um, she taught me a lot. <laughs> about boobies and penises. Well, she didn't teach me about the boobies. That was just on the telly. Not her fault. Um, anyway, I don't know how I got on to talking about that, but I did. We'll move on. My granny was from Kilkenny, by the way. And so is my guest. A fellow called Jackie Terrell. The great Jackie Terrell. He's a hurler. He's a fashion icon. Oh yeah, he once went on the Sunday game, I think it was Sunday game, one of those programmes, and he'd no socks on, or else he just had little little socks on, um, and I do remember some smart alecky comment, as you would get, you know, from anybody who ever tries to dare wear anything other than a suit or a check shirt and a pair of jeans, it's changing now, but you know. If you wore anything other than a, a pair of jeans, a pair of runners, and check shirt, or maybe a pair of Timberland boots, um, someone might make a smart alecky comment. Uh, but Jackie A is a fashion, fashion icon, hurler, extraordinaire. Let me tell you a little bit about him. An Irish hurler whose league and championship career with the Kilkenny senior team spanned 14 seasons from 2003 to 2016. He was 14 seasons playing for Kilkenny. That is immense. Jesus, most lads don't ma- last playing, don't manage five aside for 14 years. Uh, his position left corner back, it says here. I feel like he might have played in other positions as well. But anyway. um, He's a young man, only born in 1982. Big lad, six foot two. And he's a sales development manager with Glanbia. His club are James Stevens, I think. Actually, they're called the Village. As I tried to, I tried to say the Village in a cool, you know, I know what I'm talking about, way, but I think it came out wrong. Uh, he has two football club titles for Kilkenny, three hurling club titles, and for his club, one All Ireland and uh, two Leinster titles. He has uh, intercounty titles, eleven. And uh, All Ireland's nine, National Hurling League six, and four All Stars. Some bio. His father Dermot Turrell had played for the O'Loughlin Gales club, and was an All Ireland winner in with uh, at minor level. 
1973 before playing for the county at under 21 level um, yeah he's a good lad he's some herder I think the main thing about me doing this podcast was uh, just trying to get to talk to people that I want to talk to because they're legends they say never meet your heroes you know what I mean but to hell with that uh, I really enjoy chatting to chatting to Jackie chat to Jackie chatting to Jackie uh, we talked about Brian Cody's hairdryer hurling in lockdown bit about fashion the commitment it takes to be a county hurler with being a dad being a husband or a boyfriend and the commitment and uh, yeah lots more besides you know and also we I, I wanted to make the point that of all the sports that suffered from uh, the lockdown as in as spectacles watching them on the telly I thought two sports that sort of soccer seems to suffer because you, you a big part of the soccer match is the crowd um, and you'll notice that if you go to a local you know if you go to your local pitch down the road and you watch a league match a fairly high standard you know Leinster Leinster League or whatever first division I don't know what the divisions are called but just below the League of Ireland or if you go to a smaller League of Ireland game you know it just looks different because the crowds are smaller but when you watch a Premier League match the big crowds it's sort of you know that's the spectacle isn't it part of the spectacle um, but the two sports that didn't seem to suffer uh, were rugby because it's such a you know there's so much tactically there's so much going on and uh, you know so much to watch you're so engrossed in the actual game and the movement that you wouldn't even notice the crowd half the time uh, and hurling because it's such a fast game the skills are so unbelievable um, the players are so fit so hardy you can't take your eye off it for a minute and that's why that was the the one sport the, the, apart from rugby the main sport that I thought didn't suffer from uh, from uh, the COVID and it being a spectacle anyway that's enough jibber jabber for me it is episode 54 of the Keith Walsh podcast with hurling legend and all round nice fella Jackie Tyrrell enjoy I'll be back after this with a few more minutes of chat. Don't you worry about that. Here we go, here we go. Um thanks very much, Jackie. Thanks for thanks for jumping on and having a chat. You're very good with your time. I I I'd imagine you're a busy man. What's the what's life of a former county hurler pundit? Uh you work for Glan B as well. what's what's a normal day like for you? It's gotta be busy. Yeah, no, it's 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 busy. Uh, you know, a, a mixture of working on the road, uh, meeting people, and obviously um, a lot of admin and Zoom calls and Microsoft team calls at home. Um, two little boys at home as well, so that's that can be challenging as well. Trying to keep the noise level down on 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 Zoom calls and that. But uh, you know, my week is pretty busy. That's between work and the two boys and um, my wife at home as well. So on the weekends, uh, lucky enough to be, you know, pulling with RT, so I get to actually go. Go to hurling games, which uh, anyone to give the right arm to these days, which is a, a real, real luxury. So, yeah, that that keeps me going at the weekend, and uh, also write a, a column for the Irish Times throughout the championship as well. So, it's busy, and then I'm a little with Ireland ambassador as well. Jesus, have you enough to hours in the day? Not really. Actually, when he said it to my wife last night, I find there's not enough hours in the day, even though I'm up at half five, six o'clock, was waking babies and all that, not getting to bed till 10 or 11 o'clock. But uh, it's busy, but I like it that way. It keeps, keeps, keeps me occupied. 
do you get uh, with uh, two kids and uh, all the, the work and stuff and uh, the marriage and all that, do you get time to, like, how do you keep yourself fit and trim? Do you get time to work out? Do you fit that in? Not not a whole lot. Not like I used to, obviously, when before when I played with Kilkenny, it was obviously very structured and regimental. And obviously, I hadn't got two kids, which take up a lot of time in that. I do try, um, but, like, it's, it's generally, you might get a window in the evening at eight, nine o'clock and you, you know, obviously no gyms and that are open. So I try to get out. Uh, it's more for my, my, my mental yeah. well-being of that and just getting out a bit of fresh air. And look, the weather is good these days. I, I love going out in the, in the night when it's dark and it's that crisp fresh air and you suck it in your lungs and you feel a kind of sharpness going down your throat. And actually I ran down to Kilkenny last night, which is gorgeous, all the Christmas lights. And there was, you know, there was a bit of, bit of activity with, you know, the shops and the retail sector opening last night. It was actually lovely just to jog around stick in my earphones, listen to a bit of Joel Corey and uh, roam the streets of Kilkenny. Joel Corey would be your uh, your artist of choice for the runs, is it? Uh, he is at the minute. I vary and there's no real genre. Actually, I was only thinking the time before that was was uh, Dermot Kennedy. So okay. uh, <laughs> my time, as you can imagine, was a little slower than Joel Corey. Oh, no, it's good. It's all good. Um, and you're still in the town. Ta- you're still, are you still in what? people would call the village or is that where well, you, I'm, you I'm James Stevens. Don't tell me exactly. Don't tell me exactly where you live now because you'll have stalkers. <laughs> I'm from James Stevens, which is a parish in Kilkenny and it's nicknamed a village, but it's actually not a village at all. It's yeah. on, it's in the town. So I'm, I'm, I'm only living a, a 10 minute walk from Kilkenny city, which is lovely to be able to stroll in. Um, and obviously I'm going to go for a run. I'm running around the town or running around the castle park for that. So it's uh, yeah, just on the edge of city, which is, which is very hand, handy. I should tell you that my father is from a place called Lord Edward Street and my mother is from oh, yeah. um, Trees' Terrace. So Very good. Yeah, Lord Edward Street is not far away from me here at all. So you're, uh, I was going to say you're a half a Kilkenny man. You're a full Kilkenny man. Well, I have two. Yeah, both my parents are full Kilkenny City uh, from from uh, born, bred and buttered. And um, hence, is that the, why you have the, a black jumper and a yellow peacock on? <laughs> <laughs> I always wear black and amber, you know. Yeah, I, des- yeah. I designed this hat for a live show that I wrote, and uh, it's black and amber mostly. Very good, pure mental. Yeah, see, so you're uh, it's uh, subconscious of you, isn't it? That black and amber is just seeping through you. It's just in me, you know, and uh, obviously that's why I played hurling here at the highest level, uh, ju- junior hurling in uh, for Sarsfields and Newbridge, predominantly a football club. But yeah. uh, I did my part when we won the junior championship about 10 years ago, so you know, I'm. I'm, I'm spreading the word, Jackie. Spreading the gospel, fair play. And do you come to Kilkenny much or do you, does that never take it? Have you family down here? Yeah, they're all like all, any, any Walsh, I'd say you meet in Kilkenny is related to me and uh, any, a lot of Begley's as well. Uh, so, and then, and yeah, loads of people down there. So, very and, good. Very good. And, um, uh, so we'd be down there a good bit, but uh, no, it's a great place. It's uh, yeah. obviously, obviously it's great. Everyone knows Kilkenny is great. Um, but my father would have been more basketball, handball, basketball, I suppose, mostly, uh, and soccer, I think, because from the area he came from, the Butts, I think it was mostly kind yeah. of soccer and basketball and that kind of stuff. But your, yeah. but your dad, I mean, obviously, you grew up, uh, you know, there, there was no choice for you but to play the hurling, really, with, your, with you know, the family you were born into. No, my dad was immersed in the game and played uh, with a club here in Kilkenny, O'Loughlin's, and, you know, he would have played minor and under-21 with Kilkenny. 
I would have went to a school that uh, had a teacher by the name of Brian Cody. You might have heard of him. He was my primary school teacher for four years. Um, also in that school, Matt Root, who won on Ireland's for Kenny and Limerick. The chairman of the Kenny County Board, Paul Kinsler, was in there. So as you can imagine, it was hurling morning, noon and night in there. Um, there was nothing else, really. Uh, and I went from there to Kieran's College, which is kind of known as the nursery of, of hurling in Ireland. So... Um, if I even if I if I, even if I didn't like hurling, I didn't want to hurl. I hadn't a chance but to hurl. Yeah. There was no other real avenue. It was just hurling more than noon night. But I loved the game uh, from from day one. Um, you know, I have great memories going to Co Park with my dad when he was young and, and that. But uh, yeah, I, I loved it more than noon and night. Broke a lot of windows. Drove me mother mental. Um, but you know that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of par for the course when you uh, when you have a hurl and a ball and you're a, an eight or nine year old at home and you've nothing else to do of course you want to hit it off the wall or the house um but yeah so uh, it, it's it's just it was just a hurling kind of cocoon really down here and you never had a you never had a period of rebellion um where you said where you you know wanted to throw the hurl away or was were you always just in love with the game I was always in love with but I did play a good bit of soccer. Um, played soccer like from maybe under 10 all the way up as long as I could. And my dad always told me he played a bit of soccer as well. And soccer would be strong in parts of Kilkenny as well, mm. but he told me there'll come a day when they'll both clash and you'll have to decide. He never taught me which way to go. He just says, follow your heart. And, and that kind of came at the age of 16 when I started to make a Kilkenny minor panel um, and I was playing a bit of soccer as well. Uh, you know, there was always going to be one winner for me. But yeah, no, I, 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 I played soccer up to 16, then kind of in the off-season with Kilkenny as well, I would dabble a bit back into it and i play a small bit at night hours now. So I, I would love soccer and soccer would be, as I say, there would be a lot of interest in that in Kilkenny as well. But, you know, it was always it was always number two behind, Hur- behind Hurling. Yeah, there was always a great tradition of, of, of football, soccer in Kilkenny. Uh, Kilkenny City always, ha- always well, used to have great teams down through the years and it was great clubs as well. Uh, who did you, did you was, you weren't a freebooters man, were you? No, I was an evergreen man, and I was oh, a Saint evergreen. Anthony. Sorry, You're yeah, saying. and I was Saint Anthony's man. Look, the, the strong clubs now in Kilkenny City would be Evergreen and, and Freebooters, uh, and they would be the big rivals. Well, you know, it would be good clubs in in, in Thomastown, uh, up in up in Johnstown as well as Spa United and that. So yeah, there would, there would be there would be a fair flavour of, and look, there'd be huge crossovers in those communities of hurlers playing football in the off season and and, and fo- footballers playing hurling as well. Uh, there would be a good crossover, particularly in in small rural towns. It would always be good if you played soccer to have a hardy hurler on your team because uh, <laughs> he'd always be good to throw himself around the place. Um, yeah. But the uh, and you and you play, Did you win two county county medals playing football as well? Like uh, yeah, won a few. Like yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised. Like our club would, you know, they'd put a fair effort into football, and uh, we won a few football county finals. And uh, when you win senior in Kilkenny, you go into the junior Leinster uh, club championship. Uh, we took a few big scalps along the way. We we went up to Wicklow one time to play uh, to play Carnew, and we went out. And you know they were obviously after winning I think the junior Wicklow championship, and they were a, a very professional team. And they had a bag of balls and cones and all that. And look, we just we just rocked up. You know, we, we <laughs> we'd won the county final. I think back in April or May. This was probably October, November, and I think we we won ball between us. And I wouldn't say they were laughing, but they were definitely looking at going. Look at these hillbillies coming up to play him and we actually I don't know what happened today we actually bet him it was, it was, hilarious. Well, it was hilarious for us I'd, I'd say they were raging uh, but it was so funny we were coming back on the bus that night and you could kind of hear lads obviously on, on the phone and that and they'd be ringing their, their mates or ringing their home, or their home and, and they're like no 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 genuinely no we did and we did actually we, we did. <laughs> people were just couldn't believe it you know so but yeah look 
the football will be played in Kilkenny at, at pockets of, of of windows throughout the year when when the hurling does die down and that. But yeah, so I I, I do have two county championships. I have two, yeah, and I have an intermediate one. I'm proud of them. Yeah, good. What do you think the problem is though in getting Kilkenny to to do the to do what Tipperary are doing? You know, why why are, why is there no is there a solution? Is there a way of getting Kilkenny back into the football as a county, or do you think they're just gonna they're just not bothered? Well, I don't I probably don't have a solution. Uh, just to kind of give a bit of perspective on it, like Kilkenny would be a relatively small county as regards numbers. Look, Tip would be an awful lot bigger county, but if you look at other counties that do try it. Wexford, when Wexford were going well in the hurl in the football, their hurlers suffered. Mm. And when the hurling is going well now, the football is suffering. And, and there are guys gravitating to each sport that's kind of uh that's kind of successful at that time. You look at Wexford, Lee Chin is now he's a very competent footballer, but he's in with the hurlers and there's some other guys as well. We just don't have the numbers, it's a numbers game. We just don't have 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 the structures in place for football to be competitive. And if we did start putting our eggs in the hurling ba- football basket, the hurling would most definitely suffer. Because as you see with the dual, dual players, it just can't be done really. Yes, we could be an awful lot more competitive, and there could be there could be a more of a, a structure probably in place for it. But the general interest isn't there. Guys are interested in, in, in representing their clubs because there's that community pull. But going in with going in with Kilkenny is 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 a non-runner because you'll suffer if you're trying to make a senior club team a home a hurling team and you're going off playing football as well. It just we just you know there's only going to be one winner there. Because I do, I do have memories of DJ Carey turning up and lining out for Kilkenny at one point. They were trying to scrape a team together, and he—I'm <laughs> sure he was good as good at football as he was at hurling. Well, maybe not as good, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure he was able, well able to throw himself yeah, around the place. DJ is one of those unique guys, look, probably one of the greatest hurlers ever. But DJ also played for Kilkenny City as well, um, so it just shows you like he was. So, so talented. But Henry Shefflin is a really good soccer player. Martin Comfort's a really good soccer player. Brian Hogan. You know, a lot of guys there that would be well able to play. But look at it. it, it, it just when it comes to hurling or football, there's only going to be one winner. And we don't have the numbers to back up a, a really strong football campaign. Um, well, we're doing our best here in Kildare. We're, 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 do, we're actually, the hurlers nearly had a better year than the footballers. Great year, yeah. And a good Kenny man, mastermind and all. Who was in charge? Who was that? David Herity, the ex Kenny oh, okay. goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was uh, he was the man behind the plan there. Did we have one of the Comerfords a few years ago? Did I? Yeah, I think he was up there as well. Martin yeah. Comfort and Andy Comfort did as well. Yeah. So uh, we're helping you out up there. <laughs> we maybe we go up and help you with the football then. Maybe. Yeah. Look, we we could strike up some sort of a deal. Yeah. We've a load of lads and they can't make the Kildare team. They would love a game. They could just throw on your the Kilkenny jersey every every cup every weekend and play for you. Send them down. down. We we'll, they'll be on our team. They'll be the captain. They'll be taking the freeze. They'll be our main men. There's no problem. <laughs> do you uh, do you miss playing, Jack? Are you still are you finished with the club then? I'm playing a small but a junior. It's it's our second team, Keith. Look, it's great to oh. just still be involved, in particular this year with the COVID. It was just great to be able to get back out and and, and that. So and then look, I'm going to play again next year. Yeah. Um. So I'm still playing. I played senior. We say two years ago. Uh, we got to the county final. And that was my last year. So yeah, still playing. Um. It's just it's great to be still involved in that. But you know, obviously, I retired from Kilkenny in 2016. I gave three years with the club then a senior and I played junior last year so uh, um, uh, look we're very lucky in the GEA because I always remember Paul O'Connell saying that when he finished with Ireland it was like falling off a cliff there was no club structure to fall back into and gravitate out of for a couple of years it was literally one day he was pulling on an Ireland jersey and next day he was sitting at home and there was no there was no rugby very little so you know like 
we're lucky. I finished with the Kenny 16 at 17, 18, 19, three years at a really high level, which is, is, is with senior. Played junior last year, played junior again next year. Uh, there's also a junior B team. So I can play on again for another two, three, four years as long as the body holds up. So that does help kind of almost kind of reconfigure your, your, your lifestyle and, and almost easier. And I always say this, ease yourself back into society because like for 14 years, I knew not only hurling morning, noon and night. I, I live, uh, eat, sleep hurling. Um, so that does help you kind of move on and transition to the next phase of your life. And, and I'm lucky that when I retired, uh, kind of a lot of things happened for me as well, which kind of eased, eased, eased the, 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 the kind of big fallout from, from the, the, you know, I suppose the loss of the buzz of putting on your county jersey. I'd imagine a lot of lads you know would have would have suffered after, the, you know, they stopped playing, or or would have been the same for them. Like, I yeah. you see the, the the it is a great thing about the GA. I mean, even I was playing junior hurling here in Kildare, and you, like I might still get a call. There's no hurling at the moment, but at any given week, I, I haven't played in a few years. You could still get a text or a call going. Any chance you could, yeah. you, could you could talk yeah. out? Will you stand in goals or even just put on a jersey and stand on the sideline, which is great to feel wanted, you know. Yeah, you're never out of system. As long as your number is in the club, you could get a call anytime. But yeah, and it's great, even like we, we'll have now, and every club, I think, in country, you will do it. Stevens is there, there'll be some sort of a football or a Gaelic football match. It'll be married versus singles, and you'll have lads that'll be 50 years of age and lads that are 70 years of age, and it'll be a bit of crack. And and, that, and that's the brilliant part. Once you're in a club and attached to a club, and look, you can move, you know, as you know, between counties and you'll affiliate, you'll. you'll you'll reposition yourself in another club. And when you're in there, you're there and you're one of them and, and you're part of everything that goes on in there. And, uh, you know, that's 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 the beauty of the GEA. And, and, and that's where I think probably the rugby guys at a professional level, uh, they don't have that. And probably, you know, guys that probably played for, for clubs in Leinster and then moved to Dublin because they're playing with Leinster and then they, they, they settle down there. They're kind of gone from that and that attachment is lost. I think success is definitely a bit different. Uh, it's framed differently with the GAA than it is with the soccer. Like I'd noticed with even I've, I've a 12 year old young lad myself, you know, and just I trained his team up until last year and they've already started streamlining them. So there's lads looking to play for the for the first team. It's very apparent or lads looking to go to Dublin or, you know, even still trying to get over to England at this stage, mm-hmm. thinking about it. Uh, it it's kind of different, I think, with the GAA because they're just looking to hold on. It's it's much more of a community, and and I don't know much about the rugby, but with the GA, it's very evident that there's a team for everybody. I mean, they've a mother's and others team up there now. They've got the over a lot of clubs have the over forties, I think, uh, definitely over thirty fives, um, and they're probably not far off bringing in a walking walking football or walking <laughs> hurling at this stage. But it's just a, the success for me. Like my daughters play always played. And um, like maybe at one point she would have gone, had trials with the county. And, but, but I always just said to her, it's just, this is your game for life, you know, but yeah. that's, that's the success. Mm. It's yeah. Success is, is being part of a club and look, obviously there's, there's, there's other steps to it, obviously making a, a county minor panel or a Camogie county minor panel. And then obviously the big one is, is representing your county at a senior level, but and that happens if if you don't make it or if you do make it and you've a bad day, your club is always there. And I always said that bad days with Kenny was great because I was able to go back to my club. It was a it was a new dressing room. It was a new kind of vibe, a new dynamic. There was a new kind of a, a crack, uh, and and it just pick you up and you you started again. And you, you know with that you could build your confidence level again and go back into Kenny. Then kind of re- re- refreshed. Uh, with a new focus and that you know and and that's that it's it, the, the intercounty or the club the, the, the 
your, my career is, we always said, it's like a C. You start with your club and you finish with your club. You know, it goes just goes around, around in, in, in an arc uh, and you're just unknown in with your county team. But essentially, you'll come back to be a club player, to be a club member, a, a, a social member of that club. Um, and there's a role for everyone, whether you're selling lotto tickets, whether you're representing the senior team, whether you're, you're, you're filling water bottles, there's a role for everyone in the club and it's brilliant. And will you start training the the young the kids now when when you're start come of age or what where are they at now? Yeah, look, my, my two boys are still very young. There's only one six months and one is two. So ah, he's not too young. We like we'd have them out <laughs> at six months now for the junior team anyway. If we're stuck <laughs> yeah, in the sling, in the slings, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like there is, I think there, I think there's an under sixes team in, in, in the club, and like if, if the kind of chaps are big and strong enough, you can go and you're kind of four and that like so wow. <laughs> that's only around the corner, really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put no pressure on them, whatever they want to be, they'll be. But obviously, I'll be I'll be I'll be enticing them to get involved in sport and particularly hurling. But if it's not for them, it's not for them. But of course, I'll get involved with the club uh, at that level. And, and you know, I'd like to think that I'll give back to the club as well, whatever form that'll be, whether it's training teams or on committees or that. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's only right, I feel, considering all that the club has, has given to me and, and the guys that have put the work in and, and the, the countless hours into coaching me as a young guy. Can I ask you about um, the role of uh, mental health in a dressing room? Like, like being liking with the Kenny, the team. Uh, ha, did you notice a, a change? Did you did you notice people starting to think about it, starting to look at it, or for your for your time playing with the county and playing with your club, was there was there changes? Was there was there had they started thinking about lads' mental health, or you know even looking after them after they they, they stopped playing, or even as they were playing? Because you know I I have no. Uh, uh, I'd have heard stories about lads who weren't managing it well or who were maybe drinking a bit too much and, and kind of dropped away from the team and stuff like that. Was that something that was a concern when you were playing? It kind of came in, Keith, near the end of it, I suppose, the whole evolution of the GPA and then probably the end of my career, there was a lot of, I would say, GA players in the country that bravely came forward and said, look, I'm struggling with mental health and, and did interviews on the back of it, of the dark days that they had and you know, the Yoshi McConville was kind of one that, he started with his, his gambling addiction, um, you know, and there was there was a few other guys and came in on the back of that as well. Um, so it was definitely something that was talked about an awful lot more within our dressing room. There was kind of a holistic uh, view that you know, if you ever had a problem or an issue, you could go to Brian or anyone. There was services available. Uh, we had a doctor there who was always very open if you had an issue as well. There was I, I don't I don't recall anyone in our dressing room ever struggling uh, mentally or having really mad big issues um, but we were definitely aware of it and uh, I suppose uh, from our point of view it's 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 when you retire replacing that buzz like it, it 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 is it is a challenge like it most definitely you go from you know like the GPA released a survey recently like 25 to 30 hours a week were put into preparing your your, your body and mind for 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 games at the weekend like that's a huge commitment so when you go and that's gone and I remember sitting on me stuff and, and I kind of looking at what I did with a week with Kenny and I was like I was coming down at 26 and a half hours when I back to the club you know it obviously takes a step back but still it was a big commitment it was kind of going back to 18 hours a week so there is a kind of a gap there but it's more the buzz you know you're yearning for Crow Park and that that massive big uh, buzz and rush that you get from it um, of, of pulling on the black and amber jersey I mean that's gone it's a huge void and, and, and 
like with all things being equal, nothing, nothing will replace that. As close as I can kind of come to it is, 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 you know, the birth of my, my baby boy or, or anything like that, but it's a different kind of a buzz. So I could see how lads would struggle and I struggled myself. I, I like, I still miss that buzz and I know I'll never get it back again, but I, I suppose I just look at that. I was lucky to have it for so long and, and we, were, we, were, we were so successful in it that I have great memories, but I, I, I still yearn for it every day. Yeah, it's like, um, I suppose it's like lads who, you know, lose a job in their 40s or, or when they do eventually retire 60 something and you're kind of like, well, this is my, this is who I was. This is my, you know, it's almost like you need a period of getting to know yourself again. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're institutionalized. Like when I played for Kilkenny, when I woke up every morning without fail, the first thing that came to my mind, it wasn't what well, I am at work today, what, what was going on in my life was, Right, what was on to say? Was it a training day? Was it a rest day? Was it a gym day? Is there a match the weekend? They were my absolutely my my first couple of thoughts, and then my day subsided or followed on from that. And then you know you think right, you have that breakfast and I'm working, or today is Saturday, I'm off for that. But that was the way I was programmed and, and and the way I taught because, and 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 I loved it. I loved that structure. I loved that intensity of morning, noon, and night. It was about being the best version of myself and for my teammates, and I poured everything I had into it. And then, as you say, well, you had the club then afterwards. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I just think I think it's hard for men to like you obviously grew up with basically with a hair in your hand. And then and then just that that's your identity. What did you did you I mean, you've got the punditry now and obviously you're working hard with Columbia. So you're, 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 you're very busy and you're a dad and you're a husband and all that kind of stuff. But is there a part of uh, Jackie that the lad that you kind of had to reacquaint yourself with, that, you know, your interests, your, you know, music, like what, what, what do you like doing? What are your hobbies? You know, because, because now you essentially, you might have to look for a hobby, which isn't running or something, you know? Yeah, there is that. And look, I suppose I was lucky when I retired, I became a pundit with RT, which was great because you're still affiliated with the game and, and, and you're talking about a thing that you love so much. Yeah. I write, as I say, I write my, my column in the times as well, which is, is really, um, um, which is really something I love doing as well. Like I got married with two kids and that, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, you almost have to kind of rediscover yourself again. And what, you know, actually I can go for a pint this weekend or I can go for a meal or I can go to the cinema and things like that. And look, this is obviously a busy spell for me in my life, but there, there will come a time when the boys get a bit bigger and kind of move on where, you know, at this time will free up when I go, right, do I play golf? Do I, what do I do, you know? Um, and I suppose that, that will be exciting as well. Um, because you know, I I am aware. Obviously, my, my wife has been very very patient, and she's gone to a lot of weddings on her own, and gone to parties, and had to sit at home when when probably I was off training and and, and putting all those hours into it. So, um, you know, I, I look forward to giving that back as well. But there'll be definitely something that I'll have to discover to uh, to to uh, to eat up some of my time. I'll tell you a story, uh, and uh, obviously, I'm only in the halfpenny place compared to you but we well I got we got into a junior final a few years ago and uh and it was it wasn't even a, anyway so I was going to the to this wedding the day before and wasn't drinking you know because yeah. we, we had a big match then now probably half the half the team were probably cut <laughs> you know it wasn't like but but me personally I was like no no I can't, I'm not going to drink so we, so my, so my wife did not like this at all that I was going to this wedding. Not only were we going to the wedding and I wasn't drinking, but I wanted to leave early. So we didn't even stay for the dancing afterwards. And I think to this day, she still hasn't forgotten that wedding. So God only knows the kind of discussions you've had with your, with your then girlfriend, wife down through the years, arguments, you know, 
feelings of guilt, you know, as you leave the door with your with your gear bag slung over your back, sort of, you know, slinking yeah. off the train. It's got it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And I, and I know a lot of GA lads get married later and, and do the family thing later. And because because that's the commitment. But uh, you found yourself a very patient lady there. Oh, I absolutely did. And look, it came to a situation and I would like music and going to gigs and, 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 and so clear. We just wouldn't buy tickets for gigs anymore. We wouldn't even entertain, unless it was in the months of October, November and December. You, you know, it just, Claire just knew that there's, not, there's no point even saying this or suggesting because it just was a non-runner. Weekends were training, you know, you train Friday night, you'd either have a match or training Sunday and Saturday was a rest and recovery day. So like, that was your kind of weekend for 14 years. Um. But, uh, but more importantly, did you win the Junior Final? We did, we did, yeah, yeah. I thought it was worth it then, yeah. And did you go on, did you, did you, uh, I hope you brought your wife on the piss then that night when you wanted to make it up for her. I think, actually, when we won it, my son was sick on the day. We we came back from the wedding, collected the kids, whatever, and I went to bed. And then the next day, she came along with the kids, and my, my, my son was very young, and he was sick that day. So I'd already annoyed her enough about the wedding thing so as soon as the match was over it was my first well it was my first county medal since I was I don't know under 16 under 14 and uh, at the young age of, I don't know what age I was 30 something and I just I had to go home and, that, and the, the lads literally I think they went drinking for about three days and I saw none of it Oh, so you missed you missed the best part of I it. I missed the whole reason for it. <laughs> so really, you should be pissed off with your wife there. Well, really. exactly. I couldn't explain to her. Right. I, couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I'd, I'd already put her through. <laughs> in my head, I'd already put her through enough. I was like, and, uh, so they just, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> but but yeah. literally, that was my one moment because the last time I won a county final, I think I might have been 14 or 15 in Westmead. And then, and then that, so this was my moment and I missed yeah. it. I missed I missed the three day bender. You know, I, I like I was getting texts. Uh, I think the following Monday morning at eleven o'clock. You know, Are you coming on it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a hard one to be able to. Uh, yeah, you missed the ball. You were very understanding, Mrs. I have to say. Your, your, your wife owes you three days on the beer. <laughs> yeah, she does. I, well, in fairness, Jackie, she'll look back over the time we've been together and she said, no, I think I've given you those three days. You fall in those brownie pints. Yeah, I just didn't get them then. And uh, what's the story now? I get very annoyed on your behalf sometimes uh, when I'm watching the telly and if, say, for instance, you're not wearing socks or you're looking particularly stylish, uh, I'm not a fan of the, uh, like, I don't mind a bit of slagging. I don't mind. I get, I get the banter and all that, you know, but I, maybe I'm not a lad's lad, but sometimes I'm like, it's a bit close to the bone. Eh? The lad likes to dress nicely. And I appreciate that me, my, myself personally. And I think the other, I think they're just jealous, Jackie. You think so, Keith? Yeah. It, uh, look, I suppose I, I've, played for Kenny for 14 years so I'm used to people talking about me and in, in this that and the other and he's not good enough and he's too slow and he can't turn and all that kind of stuff so it's very much water off off a duck's back and I've got a tick neck so I don't know I don't know what why why lads I look it's to me I always see is a bit of crack and I don't see it close to the bone and lads will be just having a bit of banter I very I actually don't think I ever bite at it and I just let it over my head yeah um people would say it to me probably in person but probably more in a joking manner than that Course. Uh, uh, but no. you, you don't have a problem then I, I i read some article said the paul galvin of hurling uh i i presume they're talking about your 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 uh clothing style rather than your hurling style well i've actually never seen paul hurling but uh 
Ah, listen, Paul is his own man. I'm my own man. Uh, I don't think we're comparable. Um, he's obviously got his own thing up and going and doing very well. Um, but I, you know, once again, it doesn't it doesn't carry any weight with me. Those kind of comments go in one ear and straight out the other. It is just funny though when you see lads who are into their appearance and dressing nicely, it, it being a thing at all, you know. But I suppose that's probably a generational thing, and we're moving away from that. I'd say. Well, oh, definitely. I I think it's great that guys are expressing themselves and and not being afraid to wear whatever they are. And you see that with the younger generation, as you lose it there. Um, you know, but some guys probably take certain offense to certain outfits. Yeah. And if I knew that, I'd probably wear more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I, I, I'm going to let you go soon, Jackie, because you've been very good no with your time. So you, you mentioned earlier about Brian Cody. Uh, he was your primary school teacher. Then he was your manager, obviously, uh, with Kilkenny. And you said that he was the type of lad, if there was issue, if you had issues, you could go and talk to him. Um, obviously, he's one of the greatest hurling managers of all time. But as a, as in, in a dressing room, as a, as a young man, and him being your like, was he, was he Alex Ferguson type, or was he? I mean, I presume he was just his own man. But what, what, what was it like to deal with him? Yeah, so it was, look, I, I would, I would know Brian a small bit. You know, he's from the same club, and he obviously taught me that. But look, he's very, his managerial style is very, a, a very distant one. Um, you know, he keeps his distance from his players. That's the way he is. It's very much kind of like Jim Gavin as well. Uh, doesn't give a whole lot away in the media, but you know, I suppose behind closed doors and addressing him, he's he's very much. A driven man. Uh, does does he have a hairdryer? <laughs> he has a hairdryer and he's well able to use it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and you know we would all been got a, a fair wallop of it throughout, throughout the years. But you knew where you stand with Brian Cody. You knew what he wanted from you any given day, whether it's training, whether whether it was uh, uh, playing a match. And if he didn't come to the table with those, he would just he'd just do away with you. He just wouldn't be there the next year or the next week. Um, if you wanted to be part of Brian's panel and his team. Things like work rate, discipline, honesty, uh, being a good ambassador, being a good person, they were all the kind of things he looked for. And if if you were that and you know, and you had the right application, you know, you had you had a chance if you had if you had the skill set, obviously, to be able to do it as well. But you know, he would take he would take no crap. There would be no such thing as messing off the field as he was alluded to, he'd be, he'd be on about drinking and that there was a time and a place for that. And <coughs> excuse me, and if you didn't buy into that well then just forget about it. you're out the door and and the thing about Inkle Kenny is kind of there's there's always another guy that's just as good that'll come in and do a job for you um what he did he would drive lads he had an unbelievable ability of sensing what he would call softness as in like lads getting a bit too big for themselves or creeping in and addressing that look at our work rate is dropping or something like that and he would pull lads in and he would let lads know and he'd be in the middle of training in Nolan Park and he'd be driving lads on in the match scenario. And if, once again, if he thought things were slacking, he'd blow the whistle in, he'd come in, he'd let lads know, and he might pick certain lads out or certain units, like forwards, you're not working hard enough, or backs, the forwards are getting through too easy. And he just had an unbelievably high standard that he kept us all in check with. Some of the, and, and some of the greatest hurlers, you're talking about once-in-a-lifetime hurlers, Henry Shefflin, DJ Carey, JJ Laney, Tommy Welsh, um, and then those were the guys that, you know, he'd have no problem pulling them up either as well. But, you know, those guys were brilliant because of one reason, because they they strive to be the best that they could every time. And like we were training at seven o'clock, Henry Shefflin was out in the field, 10, 10 past six, quarter past six. You'd come out of it and he'd be hitting the freeze or hitting balls out of the bar and the sweat would be rolling off. And you'd be kind of thinking to yourself, God, if, 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 if one of the best hurlers in the country is out here before me, um, mm. he's, he's a lot better than me. Uh, you know, I should be probably out here five minutes before him. So we all drove that culture then as well. But Brian definitely uh, created that environment for, for excellence and for lads to really, really achieve great things. 
And would would you have seen players come into the dressing room and not be able to stand the 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 pressure of it? Like like you might you know everybody knows and everybody would say look other players are more talented than me, but you, would you have seen talented lads come in and just not be able to handle the what what was expected of them? You know, fall away. Yeah, absolutely. And look, people have never heard of him for that reason. You know, a year or two into it, they just they couldn't handle the heat as regards what Brian was demanding, or you know, they were they weren't doing the right things off the field, and they were just. It was just pushed away into the distance, and they'd either be dropped off a panel or they dropped themselves off a panel, knowing that they're not they're not going to make it. And uh, yeah, I would have seen lads with probably twice as much skill uh, as me and other lads. Um, but you know, if that was the thing, Brian could see right. This guy mightn't be the best of hurlers, or he might be lacking in the skill set. But this guy is an unbelievable work ethic. He does all the right things. He's he's a real leader within the dressing room. He sets a good example, and the culture that we've created, he fits in lovely with. And you know what? We'll work on his weak points, which are X, Y, and Z, and we'll we we we'll get something out of this rather than a really talented lad that's kind of airy fairy. We don't really know where we stand. Uh, uh, we would work with and things like that. We're kind of hoping he'll come to the table with them. Brian wouldn't have time for them, and he just moved them on. That sound, that all sounds fair enough. Do you very finally? How do you find it being in the stadium watching a match like Waterford Kilkenny? Obviously. Uh, Kilkenny came out the wrong side of that but uh, is it eerie to see those games like when you're looking at the All-Ireland semi-final uh, nobody in the stands you're obviously you're very I'm sure you feel very privileged to be there but it must be weird I mean it must yeah. be like it must be like because I, I would have heard that some of the best games we've never seen happen between the Kilkenny A and B team but it must be something like that maybe Yeah and uh, you alluded to I'm very thankful and I kind of feel a bit bad in the sense that I, I'm there and there's a panel probably uh, the two teams playing there's probably 10 or 15 lads off each panel at home that aren't there and they've worked their butt off all year to be there and they definitely should be there ahead of me yeah. uh, but I think that's going to be arrested for the All-Ireland final but it, it's so weird and eerie Keith like it's you can actually hear the manager and what they're saying when they have their water break in the months of final we were, were our, were our um, the media platform on it was just over the water for team and you could actually listen down and hear what they were saying, which is just just strange. Um, but it's just the whole, I guess, particularly in Coke Park, it's, it's so big and vast and it's eerie hearing like a pigeon <laughs> chirping <laughs> around <just> nearby. <laughs> it's just so, when you look around and see how vast it is, that's when it really strikes. It's actually daunting. Um, and, for the, and for the players who have come out and said, look, it's weird. I think they have kind of adjusted and probably in the game they haven't time to think about but for us in the media it's it's we're great we're delighted to be there but it's just a whole strange dynamic and atmosphere within the stadium and the noise or the lack of noise and the kind of the the the, the echo that goes around the stadium is just it just and particularly I was on the game Galway and Wexford uh, on the on the 31st of October it was actually Halloween night and it was kind of there was a full moon and there was fireworks going on all over the place and it just had this it was a cool kind of an atmosphere that night. Yeah. Uh, we were just kind of waiting for something to happen. There was fireworks going off and John Condra all over the place. Uh, but it's just it's just a strange, strange uh, feeling. But I would have to say, uh, hurling out of all the sports that have, from I, I, I like a bit of sport myself, so I'll watch the soccer and the Gaelic football and the hurling. And hurling is definitely by far the one that is proving itself to be the most entertaining uh, sport to watch because it's not relying like you've noticed that it doesn't, I mean, obviously an atmosphere with a big crowd is a huge part of it, but it's such a great game. Like soccer has suffered, Gaelic football has suffered as a vis- as a spectacle, I think, 
take away the crowd, I think hurling is still, it just, it's just once again showing itself to be head and shoulders above the other sports. I know you probably can't say as a pundit, maybe. You don't want to nail your colours to the mast, but I think that's what I think. Anyway. Oh God, I have no problem. I definitely, I, th- I think hurling is, because, because it's coming back to the product. It's just, there's a pureness about in hurling, the skill set, uh, you see what some guys are doing this year, but also the scoring rate. Like you're looking at 25 to 30 scores each side in a game. So you're looking at probably 50 scores over 70 minutes. That keeps you entertained. There's a score every minute, minute and a half. Compared to soccer, you could, it mightn't have a score for, for, for 90 minutes, you know? So I just think that the product that we have with Harlan, the skill set and the scoring rate and the, the physicality, like you see some of the hits that even went in the weekend, Aaron Galan, I think, took a shoulder off Garrod McInerney. He's actually after hurting his spleen, I think, uh, with, 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 with actual hit as well. Um, so it, it just shows the physicality as well. You, you know, it, it's... It's a great sport for that, so um, I just think it's it's a great it's a great product, and uh, it's uh, it, it's shone really bright through this through this weird time. Definitely, definitely, Jackie Terrell. Thank you very much for your time, and I know you've about a million and one things to do, so I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem at all, Keith. Thanks all for right. having me. Cheers, man. Good luck. Bye. Cheers, bye. Take care. bye, bye. Jackie Terrell. Jackie Terrell. I wonder uh, they don't really get the old. Um, chance going in the hurling like like you'd get in the football um like for Jackie Terrell 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 oh 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 Jackie Terrell oh come and rock me Jackie Terrell that would have been a good one if you the whole of Croke Park singing that or the whole of Nolan Park singing that uh that would certainly make the game a little bit more interesting not that it needs it do you know what I mean um, Keith Walsh pod at gmail.com for your Jackie Tyrrell chant suggestions thank you very much uh, you can send me a little audio note and I'll play them out next week um, that was it uh, lovely to talk to, to Jackie um, and you know a fellow Kilkenny man um, and yeah he was he was he was lovely fair play to him and uh, he took the time out didn't have to sent him an old message Slid into his DMs. Could have told me to feck off. Could have ignored me. Didn't. And uh, we had a, a very, very enjoyable chat. Um, that's it for uh, episode 54 of the Keith, Wal- Keith, Wal- the Keith Walsh podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do enjoy the podcast, there is um, there's a link in the description of the podcast. You can click on that and you can donate a few quid to the podcast for the upkeep for new mics, for Mike, for uh, what else could we buy if we got some money? Send us, uh, don't, it doesn't have to be a huge amount of money, you know, 100 grand or something, 50, 50 grand. Um, and it's a, just a one-off payment. Uh, if you want to get in touch, and just I'll give you my address. You can just drop up a bag of money. Much easier, much easier that way. Um, but yeah, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a review, uh, give us a rating, five stars only, please, and um, and tell your friends about it. Okay, it is a part of the Acast stable. Um, it's an Acast podcast. It's an Acast production. It's part of the Acast network, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and uh, is there anything else any other homework I need to do I don't think so yeah the email is as I just said keithwatchpod at gmail.com do let me know if you're listening to this early January 2021 that means you're an OG you're an original listener and uh, 
let me know if you're an OG. Tell me where you're listening, why you're listening, how you found the podcast, and uh, yeah, how much you like me. Four pages and a little bit of a mic as well. That'd be great. Anyway, gotta go. Uh, I've got another podcast to put up. Me and my friend Mike chatting. Chat, chatting shit. Um, that's on the way. I'll be putting that up as well. That's all I have to say. I don't know why I'm still talking. I better go. Goodbye. 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 Mind yourself. I feel like I forgot to do something. It'll come to me. I'm sure. What is it? No, it's not that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.